my friend. Hello, welcome to The Honest Wargamer. Hi. I'm your host, Rob. This is the Age of Sigmar Stat Center with my co-host, Mr. Owen Jackson. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm very well. Hello, Mr. Rob Symes. How are you, sir? Are you well? I'm great. I'm great, 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 great. Hopefully because at the end of today, I won't have to say either the words Zinch, Archeon, Kairos, or Hos Arcanum again for a while, or at least for six to eight hours. That's what I'm hoping. I think, I mean, I think Prop Joe might have called it here, actually. He's saying that he, he's heard on the grapevine that Zeech, Seraphim and Daughters are breaking away from AOS and forming their own Warhammer Super League. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to need to talk about them because they're going to be operating on a on a different plane. We're just going to be saying the words, more tribes, uh, Sylvan Air, Cities. Yeah. Oh, look, no, we're going to be saying, oh, he failed the charge because he rolled the dice. That's going to be, uh, yeah, that's going to be one of, one of the many things we say. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, here we are, Monday morning. No, again. I love Let's that idea. If anyone isn't uh, quite caught up on that joke, because it's a great one, uh, a couple of British football leagues along with, uh, and I don't know anything about football. Thank you, Dan Brooke, for resubscribing. Hope your foot's better. Um, uh, I don't know uh, much about it, but some, they've all left. They've been backed by a, a bank called JP Morgan, uh, who are like, um, they've, by the way, interestingly, JP Morgan's uh, in over the past 15 years have, uh, have uh, washed uh, over $2 trillion of, uh, of drug money. Uh, through different businesses. Little side note, uh, I do keep track sometimes of the financials, but I know it's an interesting my stats center, but I love it. And Owen said I could talk about what I liked anyway, so he's like, no one cares that you talk about Age of Sigmar, Rob, so just talk what you like about an embezzling company. But anyway, they've broken away. They paid a bunch of like big clubs to form their own Super League. The suggestion I thought uh, I saw it yesterday from, um, I think it was Iron Gutsman I saw on Twitter, obviously Tweet to Save Lives. He said... On Twitter, he was like, we should just get them to, to play their own game. Uh, Owen, thoughts on not the fat middle tournament, but the super, well, I don't know what to, I don't know what we would call it, the breakaway tournament. How do you feel? Uh, I mean, there are certain armies that tend to play their own game now anyway, right? So maybe it's just a natural progression. Um, I'm not sure. I'd like to think there's less money in Warhammer than there is in elite football. Uh, so perhaps we're we're not quite as corrupted as the beautiful game yet. The more beautiful nerd game will stay pure. We just need to um, get some FAQs and some points tweets, perhaps. Um, that's that's probably my well, we'll, solution. We'll, we'll talk about more. We'll talk about that more. And like, so we're going to be talking about the results from Hammer Time Eight uh, today and some of the the stats and the breakdowns. Again, no other events really knocking around that we know of. I don't think. Um, and we are going to be talking to the Twitch chat. Hello, everyone in the Twitch chat. Thanks for being here. Thanks to Deep Harrow for resubscribing. Uh, Dreadwoods, Iron Gutsman, Forgive, uh, Dan Brook, Plymouth Troll Slayers, love you. Nikos, what's going on? Guys, ID, who played his first event this weekend. Very excited about that. Uh, you're all wonderful people. Thanks for being here. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, do stay hydrated. It's the start of a new week. I know that's a bit of a day, but you do get to do it with the Owen Jackson. So get some Owen fan emotes in the chat uh owen so the only event we've had this weekend so far i think is hammer time eight i don't think there are any other events or am i wrong uh i mean i'm sure that there were some odds and sods around or, or maybe even some big tournaments but not that we're aware of um so we can we can deep dive on the weekend really if, if you'd like to um i would like to this i mean it, it was an interesting event um it felt like a another progression of, of, of TTS in a way, uh, lots of new players and stuff. Um, and then some really interesting talking points. So I think that we can, we can waffle on for a while. And if, if people in the chat have got any, uh, I can see from the names, it's quite a lot of the players. So if, if, if 
peeps want to sort of chip in with their thoughts on the weekend and stuff that they learned, then let's um yeah let let's, let's the, dig you, in and yeah I mean fans of the show uh, last week you'd have heard me talking about the stats so I went through the stats earlier in the week with Ziggy we're still filling in all the stats we're trying to backdate the stats and make it quite full we've got like seven or eight events in there at the moment uh, we're going to put a few more in there. Um, and then there's some really interesting stuff that I know we're going to cover a little bit in just from just this event today that Owen's done. So probably I'm aiming for next Monday. That's going to be a show where we're going to look through some really key points. Specifically, I think one of the very interesting elements is if you look at the breakdown for sub-faction between armies. And then, this is key, Owen, I did a really, really big deep dive, actually. Uh, again, it was only across seven tournaments, but this is all for next week, but a bit of a precursor. We did a deep dive about how different armies did on different battle plans because that's some of the stuff that we're trying to track uh, in the future and fascinating because there are some like you play this game a lot owen i cover this game a lot like we're very involved and what's interesting is looking at the win rates and then saying to yourself i wonder how like i know that they do well on those battle plans as an example, like I know those battle plans are really, really good. Like, well, there wasn't much data, for instance, for Sons of Behemoth, but you immediately go focal points. They're going, their their average win rates higher on focal points than it is somewhere else. And some of those uh, battle plans are fascinating because you can just click Scorched Earth and you can just see who's doing the best. And I love yeah. that. That's going to be some really fun data to do uh, next week. So just keep. It's taken a while. I've got an amazing team. So thanks to all the guys. So Math Mallow, uh, sorry again, Colonel Cabbage, Pete. Um, just a, an amazing group of people uh, who are filling in loads of data. So you're all wonderful. Thanks very much. Uh, anyway, I just thought I'd bring it up because it's going to be a fun week next week. I mean, I w yeah, exactly. And I, I would say one thing as well. It, it is pretty mad. Like I think Age of Sigmar as a game is just this wild animal, and we're constantly can't trying to tame it and, and understand it through like all of the information and the data and the stuff that we do here and. But then it, 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 it still appears to have a life of its own and go off in mad directions. And it's like that ripples thing, isn't it? One little tweak to one war scroll or set of points here, and then it ripples out and affects all the game. And I think, um, yeah, trying to understand it is, is difficult. But we do the best we can, don't we, Rob? We do. We the do. Best we we do. And actually, some of, it, some of it, as we lead into some of the key talking points for Hammer Time, which Owen's going to talk about now, we talked a lot of these we've kind of started to track it through the stat center like not only is it just stats not the information but there's also trends right like the rise of archeon and that's going to be one of the main conversations from uh, again but we, you guys who've been listening to the stat center if you go back six months we were talking about it, like look he's a perfect meta pick into seraphon plays really well into lumineth plays really well like loads of really really good conversations about why specifically the reroll sixes but then that pushes people i know to start running more wither staves like there's a there's there's key rules and you can talk about and it's a really like so fun so yeah like like seeing these trends and seeing how and they are untamable because then you've got people like uh you've got people like Corey's gambit over there just like absolutely breaking stuff like with daughters came previous and we've still got more books to come you know uh slaves to darkness changes inherently now because of bella course so very exciting times in the future owen hammer time eight talk to me about it what we got so we had a lot of players to start with and then we had quite a few drops um but we ended up settling on about 70 players over the weekend um i need to get some stats on the quantity of um uh, different nationalities but there seemed to be yeah we seem to have players from all over the world um so yeah it was really diverse meta and all sorts of different players and like little groups we had like the pete pratt and the northern irish guys had a little contingent and mm -hmm. after every game you'd see them uh hanging out in their own little chat together. I think they were all mainly wishing that, 
that they wanted to all do better than Archie. But I think actually Archie might have won uh, top Northern Irish player. Anyway, as an aside. So yeah, we had seven, we, we had <laughs> seventy players. Yeah. And we, we had seventy players. Yeah, he played a game against a corn player, and it was mental. They were just swearing at each other, and it was wonderful. By the way, anyway, like if anyone, if like when COVID's over, I've got. I've basically got about four or five places that I haven't been to other places yet where I would 100% play Warhammer. Ireland, north or south, doesn't matter. Like, they're all insane. Sweden, Australia, those guys all fuck. That's what I'm going to say. Great fun. Canada also. Uh, but that, I didn't get to play there, so a uh, little side note. But yeah, great people. Sorry, Owen, after you. Ah, you're okay, man. You're good. And yeah, there was a there seemed to be a big contingent of French players for the first time, which was great. And they had a very uh, sort of distinctive uh, list styles. Um, and then you just had a lot of the usual suspects that that, that come to a lot of these uh, TTS tournaments, the sort of the TTS hardcore. Um, and the, yeah, they they ended up uh, all doing pretty well. Um, but there was one big thing. I mean, we, we, we've we promised between us, Rob, to not mention um, the word Zeech and Archeon too much. But he's the, the sort of headline star. Um, so we thought that we'd maybe have a look at how all of those did um, into their different matchups and different missions. Um, but it's not all about them. I think, um, you know, we can't not talk about Mac, uh, which is uh, Marcus going 5-0 and with his Caradron Overlords. Amazing. We had... Um, Good results with uh, Daughters of Cain and, and, and Seraphon. Um, and then, yeah, just conversations around the strength of different books. Um, I thought the Ogum, sorry, the, the Destruction players all seemed to be having a great time. Um, uh, but there was nothing better than a 3-2. And then, yeah, the Death players, um, yeah, 2-3 was the best Bone Reapers. Uh, but, but, but that singular Flesh Eater Courts player did really well with three wins, a draw and a loss. So I still, th- actually, are... I still think Flesh Eater Courts have got it. Like I still, like, I'm not saying five zero constantly, but I think you can play. Like especially if this is really important, especially if we start putting in terrain that actually blocks line of sight. Mm. If we do that, I think flesh eater courts come up a whole game. Like I really do. I think I think that's a kind of key takeaway. Uh, but I think flesh eater courts have got all of the tools: good magic phase, great spells, good command abilities, good utility, great pieces, free summoning, like. I, like great and the spells even like we never really see it because like they don't have a lot of casts and all those casts are but their spell laws phenomenal their war scroll spell, spells are great like uh, and you can play two or three different builds at least at least in that army they're all centered around like being melee but like um when you can fight twice that your book's always good <laughs> that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> also i think um uh, Nurgle, Magikin of Nurgle. I would expect them. I, I don't know anything about book releases and stuff like that, but they're in that super sweet spot of having lots of rules split over lots of books and with old stuff interacting with new stuff, um, and you know, like lots of within and not wholly within. Um, the, the the Nurgle players had a good weekend. We had two four ones and a, and a three two for all those Blight Kings. Um, yeah, so it was some. Some interesting trends, and um, I don't know really where, where, where you want to start, Rob. Um, should we start with, with what was the top 10? Should we have a look at this, the, the Zinch Archeon overall data? Um, yeah, I think, I think let's, let's, talk, let's talk about the Zinch Archeon stuff. It's, it's kind of one of the, it is, it is the takeaway. And I'm just going to give some, um, some kind of like background for everyone at the moment for like where we've been over the past six months, because I'm going to ask Owen the question later on. 
do you think it's like a problematic build like we saw with Sinesh or something like Vanguard Wing? Like, do you think it's like a problematic win rate build or do you just think it's a very good build? So we'll, we'll ask that question uh, in, in a bit and then maybe what, what, what we think about it. Um, and then should people prep at home? But just going back kind of six months, six, six, eight months, time's obviously a bit fucking in lockdown. But six, eight months, we started to see like more and more Archeons played. Now, of course, if we go all the way back to Sheffield Slaughter 2019, um, this is before the news each book, though, and that's very, very important. Uh, we had uh, Mark Wildman. Oh, no, actually, no, Sheffield Slaughter 2020. No, it was 2020. Mark Wildman yeah. was running news each book uh, Archeon as well. We saw that on the tip tables playing against JJ. Great game. Uh, some really fun stuff. And since then, it's just been developed more and more and more. And in the summer last year, a little kind of key point, Zinch was is a very demon-focused book. Uh, it's all about the pink horrors, the flamers, the screamers. Kairos, the Lord has changed. That's, that's that's the strength part of the book, ultimately. And then uh, with the, the change to pink horrors and also points increase on flamers, we still saw change hosts and we still see change hosts do very, very, very well. But we started to see people exploring using Host Arcanum, Archeon more and more and more. And then with the introduction of uh, kind of as a counterpick to Seraphon and a counterpick also to Lumineth Realm Lords. Not forgetting most of the output from Lumineth Realm Lords comes from doing mortal wounds on sixes to hit. Like, sorry, six, yeah, sixes to hit or fives to hit, depending. But making them reroll those successful sixes is phenomenal for dropping down their, like, their effective power. So, and then we've seen it go from strength to strength to strength. Where at this tournament, Owen, how many did we see? Five or six Zinch Archeons? There were six uh, Zinch Archeons um, in a total of nine Zinch lists. Wow. Um, five of them were leaning into the Host Arcanum build, which seems to be the sort of the cookie cutter. Um, and then uh, Stuart was running du host duplicitous. Um, I Mark Wildman's list from Slaughter was was duplicitous. So you're effectively the the choice that you've got there between the two slight tweaks is um, host duplicitous means that you can't retreat from Archeon, and generally you're leaning more into you know a tanky version of him. So you're you're putting Geminids or in Iron Gutsman's uh, he actually uh, allied in Glutos or Scolian. Um, to, to, to make uh, minus two to hit Archeon that you can't retreat from and you're re-rolling sixes. So if you hit on fours, your sixes re-rolling sixes and you just, yeah, that's more of a pin it, pin them in kind of vibe. Whereas the host Arcanum is this wicked, like mad toolbox uh, and, and, and has just so many incredible interactions. Um, so also, yeah, actually, um, Gutsman, uh, one point that Luke's made in the chat there is um, is also for the spell. So you're able to heal him back up. And I think that goes to the heart of what makes him so strong is that Archeon has all the keywords. So, you know, myself and Morton Winkle, we've been putting him into corn. Certain players have been trying to get him to work in Slanesh. Um, uh, you don't really see him in Nurgle, but basically the, the, the Zinch build uh, with with uh, often with Archeon and Kairos as the little double team, and then a little small wizard, a Chaos Sorcerer Lord always. Sorcerer Lord at 110 is too cheap, Rob. I'm saying it now. 110 is insane value for a Chaos Sorcerer Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you've got um, you've got magical. I wouldn't say magical dominance, but you've got you know Kairos can you know has the Lord of Change ability to you know he can uh, change the lowest uh, dice to match the highest dice uh, when he casts. And he can cast the War Scroll spells of, of, of people around him. So, you know, you can guarantee the, the re-roll hits and wounds from the Chaos Sorcerer Lord's War Scroll. Or you can do the Great Brain Shaven trick in Casper's list, for example. 
which we saw on the stream, you know, a few months ago. Mm. Um, and then the range, you know, the six inch pregame move uh, means that you just add six inches to the range of all of your spells. So you're not trying to get out of an 18 inch bolt of zinc, you're trying to get out of a 24 inch bolt of zinc. Geminids becomes 34 inches. Darkfire Demon Rift becomes 29 inches. Uh, Gift of Change through a portal comes 45 inches, Rob. <laughs> which is a flat six mortal wounds and turns a turns a slain model into a spawn, which is pretty key. Uh, yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, some phenomenal range, uh, but like quite unique, right? We've seen it play time and time again. We know that once it's buffed up, it flies off into your opponent's face and it's just like, deal with me. Uh, and I think that that's kind of the key, well, key problem uh that it, it plays and it's the way it plays as well although watching two archeons like dance around each other yesterday was frustrating beyond all measure uh, <laughs> uh but it was also quite fun uh it looked like uh the mortal realms version of la la land is how i envisioned it going to bed last night and i did go to sleep dreaming of those two archeons circling each other like two spider-men pointing <laughs> See, I like the, I like gift of change uh, in host duplicitous because you generate the spawn and then your opponent can't retreat from it, which mm. is cute. Yeah, really um, and nice. just like this, just this, just it, 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 it's for the for the creative player. It, it's like, what can't you do? So, for example, like just the nature of the rules interactions with with Archeon. The key thing is the keywords because Archeon has every Chaos God keyword. You can plug him in and then you can manipulate that. So, for example. He can cast Darkfire Demon Rift, which is a Slaves to Darkness Endless spell and is incredibly powerful. But because he has the Zinch keyword, he can use the Destiny dice to be able to automatically cast that spell. Um, so there's just these little rules manipulations um, and little little things. And it, it's just very oppressive. There's lots of options. Um, and, you know, it doesn't look like a, a proper Warhammer army, though, when you put it down, Rob. You haven't got some blocks of troops and some archers and a few heroes and maybe some cavalry have you you've just got two giant sort of winged demons mm. and a supporting cast it's it's you know looking at the table when the army lay sets up it's like okay you know how is that going to win a game of warhammer about objective play but it does it right and it does it well really really well and one of those key points actually uh, uh last yesterday we were talking about the match from last night if you want to go back and watch it so round five steven um, played an amazing game where one of the things he didn't do was in turn four he didn't do any sum well he didn't do any casting specifically not to generate enough fate points for his opponent so his opponent um, wasn't able to generate enough fate points and put uh, point uh, put objectives on the board because really it, there's a lot of casts in the army that's kind of the key takeaway they're casting a lot of spells and they're generating quite quick we've seen quite common by turn two they put down 20 blue horrors uh, sorry not 20 blue horrors 10 blue horrors uh, obviously you've yeah. also generated the spawn so they kind of scale quite nicely their tempo is very weird because they, they they're very aggro very aggressive very early and then they scale really well which is kind of a little bit different to maybe how you see flushy courts play where what they'll do is they scale quite heavily at the start they're like here's some stuff uh, for free cp also here's some ghoul kings on terrorgeist and now we're done um, like that, it just doesn't really. Whereas uh, Zinch scales very nicely into the late game. It's got like a very strong early game tempo, but it's still got good tempo in the mid game as well. And I think that's maybe one of the strengths of why it plays so successfully and why it's got such a good win rate. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to put that down because some armies don't suffer. Like when we watched uh, Lumineth Realm Lords play yesterday, when they lost a model, they lost a model, and you could see the army just falling to pieces. But being able to put ten blue horrors on an objective which is effectively 20 wounds is yeah is great it really and you yeah 
you can't underestimate the the fact that a lot of those Zinchian heroes are fast flying heroes as well. So if you've got like a 16 inch move, blue scribes, for example, you can 16 inch move, six inch run, and then uh, you know summon holy within 12. So in the late game, you can go from having one little hero on one objective to putting 10 blue horrors, quick maths, 32 inches away. Yeah. Wow. So. It's, it's like you say, they can generate the points and then they can ha- they have the delivery method to then put those bodies where they need. It's like with corn, it's all well and good having the points, but if you haven't got, um, you know, fast heroes to put them where you need them, uh, then it, it's not as good. And then hence, you know, obviously you're summoning from Archeon again, who is big, he's got that big base, um, so he can get around and is a good summoning platform. So it's, yeah, I like that idea around it scaling because often you do go in you go shock and door, turn one, blow some stuff up, and then often you're ho- you're just holding on and scrabbling, uh, whereas the summoning does just change the metric on that a little bit. It's one of the things I think about a lot is how the how, what the tempo of the armies are like when they play, like uh, like it's one of, one of, for coverage, uh, but also for myself when I'm thinking I'm like how do they play through? Like what are going to be the excesses? Same when you uh, talk about a book or you do a book review, like how, like is it all strength early? Like late game, it diminishes. That's one of the things that's most interesting, actually, about the Daughters of Cain list that's currently playing with Marathi and the Snakes, in that it doesn't scale well, um, but it's got such a strong early game, such a strong early game, and it really tips the point into turn three. It's like, can you actually bowl it over? And it's got a phenomenal early game. It's like, I've got range, I can just keep shooting. You can't kill this model. You can't take any of my synergy away. Really, really strong. So, yeah, really, really good. Uh, there were some stats, right, from uh, that you put together. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if you can bring it up on screen. It's on the, the spreadsheet that you put together for the stat show. Ooh, somebody's knocking at my door. Oh, oh my go, go get it. Sorry for being unprofessional, everyone. No, that's fine. That's the best bit. Be I want, now me and the chat can just try and guess what we think it might be. Question to Twitch chat. What do we all think Owen's got? I'm guessing it's more Warhammer. But is it is it Sylvaneth? That's what I'm thinking. A live unboxing. There we go. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> With strippers. Owen, Owen should have strippers, like just to the side all the time. But bored ones, like lazy, you know, like in the back room. Like I imagine Owen's office is like the back room of a strip club where the strippers just like hanging out with him. Like, oh, Owen, you're the best. Do you want a cup of tea? That's what I imagine they are. But let's not talk about that when he comes back. Hello, bud. What do you what do you mean? Don't talk about that when he comes what, back. Do we get a live unboxing? Oh, shall we? Hold on. Yeah. It better not be that huge rotating fist I ordered the other day. I saw yesterday, Rob, ASMR Lumineth unboxing is the thing, right? I saw that. I saw that. If no one's watched, uh, I don't know what the stats are on that, but an ASMR uh, <laughs> Curse City unboxing would be my future. Okay, what have we got? I really don't know what this is going to be, actually. <laughs> Ooh! Oh, look at that! What is it? It's uh, it's a completely unnecessary purchase of Beast Grave. Look at that! <laughs> Beast Grave? What are you? What are you getting into? Why have you got Beast Grave? Um, I don't know. I just, I just thought it seemed like a good deal on the internet, so I just was like, yes. Well, I, I actually, Rob, I don't think you can get the Kanothi Warband uh, anywhere in um, outside of this box yet. So, um, 
that's my reason. And I was going to send the, the Beasts of Chaos to my Beasts of Chaos player to, 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 to sort of cheer him up and get him to come back to the game. Blagan's, we've lost Blagan back to Kings of War, Rob. God's so sakes. Yeah, so I was going to send them to him as a gift, but he's already got them. Anyway, <laughs> let's go. It was, it was, it a drunk, a drunk, was it a drunk it was, Owen purchase or an intended yeah. Owen purchase? It was, it was drunk. I was drunk on life. Uh, that's what happened. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I went, I went beast grave. I went full. I didn't grave. know that drunk warhammering was a thing, but it fucking is. Dan, loads of people are like, yeah, I got really drunk the other night and now I own all of a Marine army. Like what is going on? Uh, <laughs> uh, the game where beast of chaos are actually good question mark. No idea. No idea. And also, so can you roll a crit? You can obviously go over to his uh, website. Uh, he's a lovely fella. Really, really good at Underworlds as well. And he'll talk to you all about it. I truly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, don't care about it. Like, so much. I care about that less maybe than the football drama at the minute, which is entertaining me. Wow. Uh, okay. Oh, we were talking about stats. Sorry. Yeah, let's get back to the program. Jesus. I'm sorry <laughs> about that, everybody. Um <laughs> Yes, so I'm not sure if you managed to find that um, that that uh, spreadsheet because it's got it quite nicely um, detailed on there. Um, but yeah, effectively, what we've got is um, I've had a look at all of the Zinch Archeon players, and it's always interesting to see uh, what they lost against and what they played. Um, so <laughs> a couple of headlines here, Rob. Um, every single Zinch Archeon player played at least two Zinch Archeon mirror matches. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure they all needed to lie down. I know that Alan had a migraine before his game five. Um, uh, so uh, I had but, a but migraine think... covering their game, uh, like bless their hearts. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, which is pretty wild, right? But it's also kind of good because you're like, look, this is what we all have to face when you face it. Um, so um, Stephen Follows was the only five and zero. Oh. So he took out the tournament, and his path to victory was uh, he got he beat the eighty Sentinels in round one. Rob um, on Star Strike, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, I mean, and then... I, I, I feel like that that's a great. I, I think that's an, not an easy game, but like we talked about, one of the advantages those reroll sixes smashed against uh, the Sentinels. That's gonna that's gonna at least half their output, right? Yeah, but I think that the conversation always comes up. And, um, yeah, the gutsman in the chat saying Demon Rift. Um, the way to beat it, um, and this is probably a bit of a meme now, like just shoot the characters, is don't shoot the characters when you play against Zinch Archeon. Just shoot or kill everything else. Mm. Um, you know, you, you, you kill all the scoring units. Um, you saw that in the game, you know, Morton's game against Gutsman the other weekend, where basically he was left with Archeon and a few odds and sods. And, you know... What 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 Stuart had left with a couple of Yetis here and there and a Frost Lord, he was able to win. Um, anyway, that's an aside. So he he beat Lumineth. He then uh, got a Zinch mirror into Inferno, who I think's in the chat. Um, so he he beat a Zinch Archeon on Scorched Earth. Then he beat one of our Ideneth players. Then he beat Daughters of Cain, and then he beat Alan's Zinch Archeon. So that was his path to victory. Um, but the real headline out of all of it is that. So we've got six Zinch Archeon players, each playing five games each. That's 30 games. Mm. And only in one game did they lose to something that wasn't Zinch Archeon. Wow. Wow. Uh, and shout out, because that's a man who I would uh, arm wrestle uh, until my arm broke. Uh, Dayton O'Bray, uh, the gorgeous, 
gorgeous firefighter from the north of Canada uh, descended from the mountains to uh, slap uh, an Archeon to pieces. And he ended up going 4-1, I think, only losing only losing to Rich, uh, I think, with his Seraphon. Yes. Um, did, so yeah, yeah. like so like, I mean that was not that's a tough path to victory and that Dawn's Cane army is also uh, super competent and really really good um, so yeah that being one of the ones that took him out and then so they only lost to that Daughters of Cain list or other Zinch Archeon lists yes and I think uh, Inferno's in the chat and that was uh, the, the the loss that, that, that Inferno took was both Zinch Archeons in the sword on turn one um so yes um uh, that's <laughs> it does create some pretty wild uh interactions um also inferno um who came in 17th uh, uh another little point of note rob here he put nine plague touched varangard in the sword in one go wow wow yeah, in game three because yeah, they're heroes but... so he put nine varangard in the sword wow <laughs> that, was, that must fucking suck to be on the end of that yeah i was asked whether they all go in the sword and then about three minutes later i had the result come in on the result submission it was kind of instant concession i think when a thousand points of your army goes in i don't know if he destiny diced it or if he actually rolled but yeah that was mitch uh, mitch with a plague touch list that um had to be on the end of that rules interaction which again is pretty wild it's this whole blockbuster Warhammer thing I'm banging on about, Rob. It's like these big moments, big plays, like this one interaction, and bang, you're done. I mean, um, you could just not put 900 points into a unit, but apparently, <laughs> like apparently we're all doing it. So cool. Uh, but yeah, that that's rough. That's a rough time. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to Mitch for that one. Yeah, um, I would also like to put a pin. So basically, our Zinch Archeon players, they came, they won the tournament. They came third, fifth, seventh, 17th and 18th. And there was nothing worse than a 3-2. I'd like to shout out Victor, who I believe is Jaiwal on TTS. Uh, he had to play three Zinch Archeon mirror matches in a row. Wow. Games three, four and five. Um, so I'm Did sure he, that he's... What was his win rate on that? Was it like 0-3, 2-1? Uh, he beat Gutsman. Uh, in round three, and then he had a whole day of Zinch Archeon mirrors yesterday, and he lost them both. Uh, it looks like he lost to, I don't know, like literally the last round, round four, you had four Zinch Archeon mirror matches, and round five, you had four Zinch Archeon mirror matches. So it was amazing the way the draw went. Um, if with a slightly different draw, you could have probably seen Zinch Archeon just across the top six apart from mac our guy mac with his barrack ring list which we'll come back to um but yeah i mean that's enough to make you want to quit warhammer isn't it well so here's the question uh question i'm throwing it over to the twitch chat as well and owen i'm throwing it over to you so doing really well yeah we you know we've seen there wasn't as many seraphon lists but there still were some and there was like fangs list with loads of skinks we saw that play like super like we, we saw that play my question to you all is, and question to you, Owen, fans at home, like and subscribe, is do you think that it's too good? Or do you think it's just a problem that needs to be unpicked? Like, where, where do you settle on it? Because it's, it's obnoxiously good, like, as we've seen there. Uh, like, and we're going to see it in real world as well, because it's not, very, it's not even very expensive to put together. Kairos and Archeon, like, as a little bundle, it's still less than 200 quid in English money. 
Um, uh, and you just, like, oh, Chaos Sorcerer Lord's literally any model you find lying around, and some Karakakalites or some Horrors, whatever you choose. Like, um, uh, Bellacore, maybe it doesn't make it in anymore. But, yeah, so, like, what? how do you feel about that? Like, where do you where do you sit? Do you think it's too good? Because you can put that on a tabletop. You probably get that painted up in, like, I don't know, two weeks if you do a crap job on Archeon, and I encourage you to do so. Uh, yeah, what do you think? It's a funny one, um, and Tubbs in the chat makes a point as well. People complaining about Croak, etc. Zeech Archeon is just as oppressive. It is a bit of a funny one. Like, there's always the new big bad, isn't there? And, um, and, and obviously... Trends and, and 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 kind of fashion within within gaming kind of dictates that you know people move from one thing to another. Um, I think we've got the grim gas reaper problem here, Rob. You make him you 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 you, you tweak his war scroll. You make him more expensive, and all you're doing is kicking slaves to darkness players in the balls, right? In the same yeah. way as legions of Nagash um, players taking grim gas reapers made grims. You know, uh, I'm not sure what happened in the end with that. Did they put the points up? Did they limit the unit sizes? I'm not really sure. But there was a time when you they know, put the points Grim... up on Grimgast. Yeah, they put the points which up. All, yeah, which just which just hurts Nighthorn. Um, it, it's the keywords. It's the way the keywords work. But the, he's inherently a lord of you know he he, he is a he has chaos uh, runes in his shield. You know, for all the gods, you can't take the keywords away from him. So. I don't know, really. I think the pack definitely gave him an advantage. Um, there weren't very many missions where you started incredibly far away. Um, and there was a lot of benefits for, you know, sort of um, body count, you know, shifting objectives with battle line. Um, there wasn't really. Um, so I, I think that I, there wasn't much Ideneth. And I think Ideneth as the pure sort of gatekeeper army or uh, I think with more Ideneth, much like we saw Steve Follows versus Sven in Battle of Copenhagen, you know, all the sharks um, with Sentinels, with Salamanders, um, with um, the Stubblood, the Stalkers, they're all relying on sixes to hit, which Archeon loves, whereas all of that shooting coming out of um, all the sharks. Uh, all the sharks, but also like the, the missions benefited bodies. Archeon can tear through bodies and, and, and IDK don't have a huge amount of bodies. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking out loud. Yeah, no, I think really it, sure. it's, one of, it's, one of the, it's one of those things that people are going to have to ask themselves and what they can go away. I think one of the key strategies that you can do uh, when you are on the tabletop is try to generally avoid him. I know, oh, Rob, how can I move something that moves so far and can auto charge? I hear you. I understand like it's problematic in that situation. You're probably just going to have to give up some bait. You're going to have to give something up and put him in a position he doesn't want to be and you're going to have to plan that in deployment you're also going to have to try and find a way to go and grab the rest of his army because the rest of his army is low like it's just some Karakakalites hanging out and then it's a dumb bird at the back of the board and that dumb bird is annoying um, but you're going to want to clear all that off as soon as possible when then you do that he's and the other thing is is when he is dragged away from all of his buffs getting those buffs off next turn is actually really challenging he normally loses the reroll uh, saves which is really important because he has to be very close to the Chaos Sorcerer Lord like depending on what goes to the spell portal um like he might get some other stuff so you, you your real trick is turn one you just got to eat it and there really is no other choice to eating it turn one and it, and if you could get to him turn one that's also quite nice uh, but that's fairly rare but if you are able to take the turn like drop some rocks on him um you know do something uh, don't forget he heals but just clearing out the acolytes i think is a good strategy now how you do that with your different armies that's going to be on you to kind of like work through uh, but i think that's one of the, th the strategies we've seen work quite nicely right 
Yeah, and it's very difficult um, because now that there's the way that this army plays um, is kind of set. Effectively, the you know there's each uh, the 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 I want to stop saying Zichakion. The player taking the list, um, they make him incredibly relevant, incredibly early. He gets all his buffs up. He pushes you into you. You, you have this, you know, massive god that can hammer loads of stuff. And without without the rerolls, um, he really does suffer. So you know, early doors, he's got reroll saves. He's got plus one to hit, plus one to wound from infusion arcanum. He's got um, rerolling hits and wounds, rerolling saves. Um, you know, I think that the, the missions so so they get pushed in and, and are super relevant. If you can survive that initial hit then I think you are in a reasonable place because often he's then moved out of buff range from the pieces that are giving him those early buffs. Um, so it's, it's, it's a case of you need a good screen to protect your good stuff. So if, he's, if he is made, being made relevant and being pushed into your army, all he's killing is chaff. You want him just to kill chaff um, and then you can strike back. But I think Flamers, Rob, we saw in a game between Antu, didn't we? Eternal Conflagration. Um, you know, you turtle up in the corner, um, you, you you offer him up a load of pinks and then you flame him off because they're not relying on, you know, sixes procking something. They're just lots of high quality, good attacks. Well, a good question from Luke Willoughby is why is the answer always shooting? Why not chop the shit with axes? And there's another point from Iron Gutsman, uh, which kind of ties into that. If you take the first turn and shoot the Sorcerer Lord off, you're in business. Now, uh, obviously, that's key. Getting rid of that Sorcerer Lord first turn is really, really important. But uh, I think uh, the point from uh, Ridge, uh, sorry, uh, from Luke Willoughby is that he's a monster. He is only a combat warrior. He's 800 points of combat output. Like, that's what he is. Like, his combat profile is phenomenal. Even if you kill him in close combat with Thy Will Be Done, which is on his war scroll, he'll fight you and murder whatever you threw into him. And finding something that can take him out isn't easy in Zeech. Probably the key takeaway from him going in Zeech as a going in anything else, he's naturally minus one to hit in close combat. Like, that's super important, like, to think about, that that changes the numbers very significantly straight away. Like, and then, if he's got the Chaos Sorcerer Lord buff up, reroll saves is insane. Four up against Mortal Wounds, crazy. Reroll sixes to hit against him, and most of the good abilities proc on sixes. So, you would, the, you would want the answer to be fight him, but really, you also probably should never be able to fight him. He's a very, like, he's not really like a... Um, a split discipline or a split role unit like we see with something like Nagash at that 800 point like uh, point as well. Nagash isn't a phenomenal caster and then he's okay in a fight. Like he's pretty good in a fight but he's a phenomenal caster. That's how he like really dominates the board space and then he's great in a fight. But Archeon's got none of that casting strength really and it's all pushed into being a hard fuck. Like that's what he is. Yeah, like he's just ready to rumble. And it's hard to find eight hundred points in your army or four hundred points. It would be weird if I had a four hundred point unit that can take out eight hundred points. Yeah? That that yes. would be the that would be weird. So it's hard to say. I liked what we saw Steven do where he just charged a bunch of ogre monsters in and did the impact hits and be like, I'm just gonna give you mortal wounds before we even fight. Um but yeah, like the answer has to be at least whittle him down before you charge him in with some range shooting, I think. Mm. I think that has to be the answer. Yeah, um, but just take um, everything else out. Yeah, and there's a nice question in the chat there. Um, where is my raccoon? Has just answered it from Warhammer Roll, which is what is his threat range? Turn one, a uh, thirty-two inches, and so, a guaranteed thirty-two inches. 
yes if you if you have some destiny dice because obviously you can destiny dice the, the the 12 or you can roll one dice and then you have obviously kairos's ability the key point really is that you have all this and we're talking about the big man and he can go in and he can wallop stuff and he's hard to kill and he has his mortal wound save and but then you've got the tech pieces to support him um so you know for example you have kairos's once per game rig so even if somebody does line up 400 points of hearth guard berserkers and, and wants to charge them in uh then kairos can just you know if you, even if they're three inches away uh if, if your opponent rolls one single one on their charge roll then kairos can reach out and turn it into another one and make it a double one and you know the the, the oracle um the the spell that does six mortal wounds okay great all of your little heroes are under threat but similarly you know you put the spawn down before you take any models away so you can literally just tag the unit um you know the big combat unit that's potentially going to go in and, and kill somebody like uh, like archaeon so it's just it's got loads it, it's got loads and there's and there's loads that we haven't even touched on um i'm sure uh things like the screamers rubber okay so in host Arcan, you get six free screamers it's a hero face summon so they still get to move 160 points yeah, and the fact that they're a 16-inch move and they, they they don't have the normal summoning condition of you can't move in the movement phase because it's hero phase. So similarly, you can pop them out, give them plus one save, an additional pip of rend, and then they're great into wizards and we're in a magic dom meta. So there's just all these little extra little bits. Um, oh, and that's where, we should, that's where we should talk about. Let's talk about the endless spell choice of the weekend. It's changed over the past six months and that endless spell choice is Dark Fire Demon Rift. We saw it do phenomenal work on the live stream over the weekend, and I'm sure there were some examples of it doing even better. Now, it basically does more mortal wounds for every unit it moves over for every wizard within 12 inches. And like Owen has said, in a Magic Dominator meta, oh boy. Well, um, it also, it's not even just wizards. It's also endless spells as well, Rob. So all the other endless spells. So if you put down your portals, uh, you're going to get another plus one. So yeah, it's and it, it's... It's, it moves really far as well. It's um, I think it's uh, set up wholly within nine and then moves 12. But then when you factor it in with the pregame move, it's it's 29-inch threat range. So here we go. Luke, Casper did 52 mortal wounds to my army in a turn. It didn't even have any wizards from one <laughs> spell. <laughs> Luke, it's not funny, but like it is also funny. Um, oh, so yeah, uh, paint up. Let, if you're at home and you want to play, run this list or you want to do stuff, uh, also paint up that Darkfire Demon Rift. It was doing some phenomenal work over the weekend. Great tech, great range, uh, and then being able to use those cheater dice. Probably the key problem uh, with the the book, if I was to suggest anything, I would like to see Zinch dice turn into rerolls. Changes the game up very significantly, and I think that that would be that would be really really important. From the agenda being an automatic charge and being able to get all those extra attacks uh, to guaranteed casts to a bunch of other stuff. Having them as re-rolls, I think, would, would be a healthier game, but that's not really what the Stat Center is meant to be about. So, uh, yeah, phenomenal uh, output from them. What else did uh, did we see do well over the weekend, Eric? Well, um, I don't mean to sort of, like, give myself too much of a pat on the back, but my uh, my heart list, um, which is the uh, the Caradron Overlords list, uh, that went 5-0 and, 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 and came in second, Um just uh, missed out on a couple of points uh, due to some secondaries, I believe. So I don't want to get his name wrong. It's Mac. I believe it's Marcus Fredrickson. I'm pretty sure it's Marcus. And he's been rocking a variety of different Thring lists through the course of, of, of these tournaments. I think he's cropped up in uh, the Grand Hammer tournament, uh, Battle of Copenhagen, and now he's brought it to Hammer Time. And um, 
yeah, I mean, I don't really like KO very much, uh, Dwarves with Guns, um, but this is cool, and this is different, and um, he, he went through some some serious uh some seriously difficult challenges on the way to five wins so um uh, this is this is a barrack thring list um which allows him to bring in one quarter i'm going to put the list in the chat actually while i ramble on let me see if i can find it uh so yeah this this allows you to bring in one in every four units can be dwarden so i've seen some fun lists where people put gotrek in um but i think that what the way that max done it uh he has um he has a rune smiter and twenty hearthguard berserkers with the um, uh, with the broad axes. So he's obviously knows that Archeon's around, and he's not gone for those pole axes because reroll sixes and no rend is just uh, is it, it neuters that that weapon loadout so much. Um, I'm going to put the list in the chat now. Um, but yeah, so we're looking at an Endrin master with Endrin harness, um, a Celestant prime, a rune smiter with the forge key, mm-hmm. three units of ten Archonauts. Uh, two Gwenstock gun haulers with sky cannons, a unit of three Aether wings, uh, then 20 Hearthgob. Oh, I was wrong. My bad. He has actually got pole axes. Yeah, he's got uh, 20 Hearthgob with pole axes, and then an, a big ironclad with uh, with the deal breaker battering ram and the great sky cannon. Mm. And he's in at 1970, so he's probably going to get a nice triumph there as well. Um, let me see if I can put that in the chat if people would like to see this. Um, but yeah, Barrack Thring, I wrote some Thring lists because it seems like a little bit more on the acceptable end of, of, of Caradron Overlords. You know, there's a lot of Barrack Zilfin um, buzzing around, um, you know, throwing out Skaven Endless Fells. Um, but this is cool, right? Thring, you've got one in every four Edwardin. Uh, you get a really nice ability, which is you get to choose three units at the start of the battle, Rob, and your whole army rerolls ones to hit against them. Um, so you're saving loads of CP that way. Um and then once per battle, one unit can get exploding sixes. Um, so that's quite nice. And again, you can put that onto your hearth guard if you wanted to. Um, so the sixes would be two mortal wounds apiece and then an exploding into another hit. Um, and then, yeah, the prime is the new thing. Um, you know, he's got so much pick up and drop down. Obviously, the um, the hearth guard can tunnel up and pop up anywhere outside of nine. So it would be a real headache to play against. Right, Rob? So many so much options uh you know you don't wear it you don't really know where anything's coming from um yeah i think uh, i think I, I think i think one of the key points is um and actually there's a really nice kind of comparative to 40k as well if anyone happens to be brought both game systems but if not you have to push like and the reason i bring it up because obviously uh, ko very shooty 40k generally very shooty and there's there's obviously been that significant shift you have to physically push people off the objectives it's all good shooting them off the objectives but that means you haven't moved onto the objectives the turn before like so you're going to need those units that can move onto the objectives fight in your turn take things off the objective and then be there to score at the end of your turn i know that's really obvious like for a load of agency my players have been happening in a long time but the ko book plays very differently to most other books in that it really doesn't have those units to to put in and putting both the prime and the hearthguard berserkers in the list to be able to do that job i think is significant and really good like i liked it i talked about this not with that list but there was i think there was another list that i looked at which also had a similar a unit of hearthguard berserkers in the list it might have been the same one uh, but i said like i said on the the review show i was like i like that or no the other version was i like the K- i like the fire slayers with 
Sorry, I like the fire stairs. With the two gun haulers. With the two gun haulers in as well. Like, I like that, like, there's there's that mixed arms army, so they've got more utility across the board. And it's really fun to see that list do really, really well and go 5-0, because it's got loads of good stuff. The Prime is an interesting choice, especially at the moment. I think generally he's great. I think some people think he's a little over-costed points-wise. Really good for what he does, but once he drops, goes down, normally isn't long for the world. Hmm. Yeah, um, but I think that prime time, you know, the threat of prime time is enough to mess with people sometimes. Um, so, you know, and obviously the the longer he keeps him off the board, the more hit he's going to be when he comes on because he gets plus two attacks, I believe, for every battle round he's off the board. Um, so um, I'd imagine that the 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 fire slayers, the hearth guard come down relatively early, but then the prime is the late game threat. Um, but it's. I would worry about output, Rob, but I'm just looking at what he he beat. He beat two of the Blight King swamp lists. So we're talking about like 40 Blight Kings. You know, two. We're talking about 200 wounds on a four-up save. He beat the uh, your favourite, the 70 Pink Horrors. I know on um, shifting objectives, he, which I honestly don't understand, but that's impressive. He killed 150 Horrors over a double turn. Um, <laughs> I, I, he also. I mean, and, yeah. Go on. Sorry, you carry on. Just he seems to have been paired into um, uh, bodies like swamp lists. Like he played against Mache, uh, who brought 110 storm vermin and 40 clan rats with double bell, and he managed to, to rinse all that off. And then he beat a big wire list as well. So he he was fighting bodies, and he was he was out. He was never outgunned, but he was always outbodied, and and he's found a way to win there. So um... and we've we've talked we've talked about this, haven't we? Like we've talked about uh, the the DPS check that some armies are, are forcing you to make. Hearthguard list, the seventy pink horrors, uh, like Matches list with all the Skaven. Um, and there is a load of output in that KO book. Bringing the fire slayers in as well, even more output. You've got lots. I think one of the really interesting points is you can put the fire slayers into one place, and you can just bring all the guns to bear into that area of the board as well, and you can really clear out the major threats or you can use the ko to take out the buff pieces that support the hordes i would say that that probably is one of the things that we saw against the pink horrors because not being able to use any cp to make those horrors immune to battle shark i think he would have just like gone cool half a unit half a unit half a unit and really dropped it down in its effectiveness like and like you said over a double turn um but having that range uh, to take those characters out would have been very very important and just being able to put project all of the power in one place whereas in combat armies you don't generally tend to do that that's what i think uh, was so impressive about steven we saw him in game two uh, of the coverage with all of the thunder tusks and the stonehorn he was able to just apply so much damage over a couple of phases so he was able to be like i'm putting all the shooting in here i'm going to put all the combat in here and now that side of the board is mine and i think that's why uh, maybe we'll have seen it do so well sounds very interesting though uh, and i would love to have seen some of the matches yeah, and it just goes again to how um, it's a similar kind of looking sort of uh, footprint army as um, as the Host Arcanum we've been talking about. You know, these super elite low model count armies that um, are able to, you know, project and, and put all of their stuff in one place at one time um, doing really well versus all of these very body heavy um, sort of uh, lists and, and fair play to all the players like getting through all of their games in three hours uh, with 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 you know a hundred plus models. Um, I was I was pretty impressed that we yeah we got we got good clean results on all of them. Um, yeah, look at that ah guy 
Uh, see you later, Guy. This was Guy playing in his first ever tournament, and he got a win and a draw and three uh, losses with his Skaven. So I was super happy for, for Zydie Guy. Um, so, yeah, well done, mate. Um, I think... Is there anything else we want to cover? I mean, we could cover, we could have a very quick look because I'm aware of the time. We could have a quick look and just let people know about what the best results were for all the different factions. Just quickly. Yeah, I think that would be nice for, uh, nice for people to hear us talking about some other point. Uh, just while you take a moment to look at that, I got an announcement to make. It's going up, uh, I think, publicly. Um, and I'm pretty certain this is like like confirmed. Uh, I'm just double check. Uh, but uh, like, if it's not true, uh, then throw a rock at me when you see me. But Pretty certain Super Series returns, 23rd of May. 23rd, Sunday 23rd of May, uh, we have our first matchup, um, which is going to be Marauders versus Legio 9. Uh, and then the weekend after, it's a double booker. Um, it's going to be uh, two different teams, uh, well, two different matchups. So Dragon Slayers versus Beast Midlands uh, and the Bad Moon Loons versus WS10 on the 30th. Still to be confirmed in some places, but pretty certain uh, the OK is there. Um, but uh, we'll, all that stuff will be going up online in the future, but I'll put that out. And then the month after, um, and then there's semifinals, and it kind of runs week in, week out. So it's semifinals, straight to the final, uh, it's on. And then month after in June, uh, a whole bunch. So again, check, keep your eye on the Age of Sigma, oh, sorry, on the Honest Wargamer and the TSN socials. A whole bunch of events for people to come and play at the TSN Arena uh, in real life because restrictions will be off. Um, and we've got the venue set up. So uh, looking forward to that. But again, Check the socials for actual times and information. Um, I, I'm working hard on packs and other things. Uh, what is banned? Great question. Uh, straight <laughs> straight off the bat. I'm just going to ban Bound Endless Spells, though, in, in my own tournament packs. That's right. I'm going to be a weird, freaky TO who just bounds Bound Endless Spells. And do you know what? If you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> like, so, all give a fuck. All that hard work, painting all that terrain, Rob, you're going to be able to, you know, it's, it'll be like the birth of your child when you reopen those doors to the arena. Um, like one little, I think we've got Mac in the uh, in the chat there, just one last rounding out the KO. He said he'd like to point out that Grudge Target, which is reroll ones to hit, plus exploding sixes on an ironclad together with the Aether Gold or the Triumph on the wounds is so mental. So I think that's maybe where he's getting a lot of his, uh, his output from. But oh, um, good yeah. shout too, Mac. Super Series, Rob. This is... Feels super like Serious! Super Serious. Let's get serious. <laughs> Let's get serious. Yeah, so uh, again, keep your, yes. eyes on the, keep your eyes on the socials. That's like, But a month away. A month away. As, as long as those like as everything uh, pans out the way I'm hoping, uh, I've got the okay from the teams. The teams I want to do a shout-out to have been phenomenal. Coaches and players. Uh, it's been moved around all sorts, so I'm pretty certain um, it's... Anyway... Uh, more on that in the future. I just thought I, I'd mention it to people because everyone hey, loves a bit of T-Sports. Also, that's super exciting. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some play, uh, some people watching who've never actually seen you, um, you know, covering sort of, let's put it in funny, is real Warhammer, you know, IRL Warhammer. They've never seen, you know, you, you, you and the team, you know, cover a whole event and being able to bounce between different tables and, you know, covering some of the top players in the UK. So it'll be a good time right it'll be an excellent time that's, that's the hope so it's still because we're still in this kind of weird transitional phase with uh, lockdowns and everything else um so you're still waiting on i mean it could all change but that's fine i'm excited about it and it's at least not fun to kind of announce it uh, and talk about it but anyway uh what about the stats here i mean so yes um just i've got basically the the, the results for you know 
just for, if you're going to be thinking of going to a tournament, you're going to go and play with a mate and they're taking one army and you're taking another and, you know, just, just to manage your expectations um, and, 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 you know, give you some idea of knowing when you're overperforming inside your army. So um, Seraphon and Daughters of Cain, they both got um, some 4-1 results this weekend. There were actually a couple of 2-3s for Seraphon. Um, the the very skink heavy builds um, didn't didn't do so well this weekend. Um, then Cities of Sigmar, we had the, the Tempest Eye list, really nice dwarven heavy Tempest Eye went three two, and he was hovering around. This is Guillaume. He was hovering around the top tables all weekend. Um, uh, just just came undone in, in a couple of games there. Fire Slayers, Luke Willoughby was the top with a three two. Uh, Deepkin went three two. Lumineth, we had. Um, Again, 3-2 for Lumineth was their best result. Um, I think a lot of the Lumineth players stayed away because they wanted to play the new book. Um, but um, And then our one Stormcast player, he, um, he got a 2-3, which seems pretty... Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, Forgive in the chat came 10th and his list, his Seraphon list, he went 4-1, I believe, and he had a Knight Encanter and six Croxagore got in the top 10, Rob. That's so, incredible. Know. I saw that, six Croxagore. And an encounter on the Arcanum Dias. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, that's the Seraphon player, like, nerfing himself, you know. He's, like, basically playing, like, 500 points down or something. No, I'm being silly. He did really good all weekend. Um, smashed it. Um, and then in terms of chaos, obviously, we had Zinch. We had 5-0 and we had several. I mean, th- across all the Zinch builds, including the Multitudinous Host, the 70 Pinks went 4-1. Like fate skim, four fate skimmers and forty-eight screamers went three-two, um, and then yeah, all the Zinch Archeons we had a five-zero, three-four-ones, and two three-twos. Um, shout out to Tobias actually with the fate skimmers and the screamer list. Uh, he picked up the the list whisper award. Um, yeah, Darren's list whisper award for his favorite list. Um, so yeah, all the Zinch doing really well. Um, then Korn uh, and Slanesh 3-2 with their bests. Um, Tavi came in 3-2 uh, with his um, his Lurid Haze list. Um, uh, Skaven got a 3-2. Uh, that was our guy Maché with all the, the, the Storm Vermin. Um, Slaves to Darkness, the Plague Touch. Quick, went quick question. Like, where do you think Skaven sit at the minute? Because I, like, I think Skaven could play quite well into some of the top threats with a bunch of Storm Fiends. Like maybe three threes. I know that's a lot. I know that's a lot, but I, like I was just thinking about. I was looking at Skaven list the other day, and I was like, mm, "What's happening with Skaven?" I don't think you can do the castle build well. Uh, they can still put bodies out there, uh, but I think you can like midfield fire a bunch of stuff. Archeon gets thrown in. Those Stormfiends are just going to be like, oh, "Let's go, baby." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but if you're going sky heavy, then you're never going to get well. You're very slow, small chance of getting more, more warp power off, and without more, 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 it's you know the Stormfiends, the Skyracolites, uh, you know whatever you you. It's just, yeah, I don't think they've got enough output. Um, a question from Mac on his beloved KO. He wanted to see how the other KO lists did. Uh, we ended up with um, the Zilfin lists. Uh, yeah, basically we had two three twos and two two threes. So you are definitely our admiral at the moment. Okay, Mac, you are... Go on, Mac. The, uh, I mean, again, yeah. massive congratulations to Mac. Because even though Stephen took out the event, Mac went 5-0 with KO. Uh, with a very different KO list. So that's really, really important. So he should be uh, loads of congratulations. And I wonder if he's building the army in real life. So I'd love to see that play in some tournaments as well. Uh, sorry, Eric, after you. No, you're okay. Uh, you're all good, man. Um, 
yeah, and then just rounding out Chaos, Beasts of Chaos, Alex um, came in and he got a 2-3 with Beasts, which is basically the same as winning the tournament, I think, 2-3 with Beasts. In that match. <laughs> yeah, 11 out of 10 performance yeah. there. That's what peak <laughs> performance looks like in the Beasts of Chaos chat. <laughs> um, Matt Grace really overperformed. I, I kind of trailed and said in the list show that I felt he'd do quite well, and he got three wins, a draw, and a loss with a with a, um, a blister skin flesh eaters list. I think he finished in the top twelve. Maybe I think he finished eleventh or twelve. Uh, no, top fifteen. I'm sure he finished. Uh, a bit of a disappointing weekend for the Bone Reapers, um, even though you know spamming shitloads of Mortec on shifting objectives and those sorts of missions would do really well. Um, but the best result for Bone Reapers was a two three, um, and then um, yeah, more tribes got. 3-2 Gits, uh, Gloomspike Gits. There was a, a Gits player, the guy with the 120 stabbers and the mixed arms. He was he was up around the top tables all weekend. Um, actually, you know what? Let's give him a shout out. If you go 3-2 with Gits, I think you have to have a name check, don't you? Really good. Really good. <laughs> don't forget, uh, an, an event in Australia uh, about a month ago, maybe two months ago, uh, we had the, the biggest contingent the biggest contingent of uh, Gits players we've seen in a very long time. I think there were six players at the event, and it was the largest faction in attendance, and the best we saw was a 3-2. So uh, I think it was Morton, wasn't it? Was it not Morton with the 3-2? The uh, yeah, I think it might be Morton Paulson. Yeah, uh, no, he went 2-3. Uh, there is, I'm pretty sure there's a 3-2 there, unless my notes are completely wrong. I'm sure they're not wrong. Um, but yeah, all of the, all of the description, you know, bone splitters, there were lots of two threes. There was a Pete Pratt with top iron jaws with, with a three, two. Um, so yeah, but all, all of those destruction books, uh, nobody went better than three, two there. Um, I just want to try and find this Gits player. Did I get my notes wrong? And he went two, three. I hope not. Because uh, <laughs> then that undermines all the other information I've been bollocking on about for the last, uh, several hours. Oh, I'll, I'll dig it out. I'll dig it out. Maybe I'm going a bit snow blind here or something. Uh, yes. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that was it. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the only five O's were out, out of chaos and order. The only four ones were outside in, in the chaos and order books. So that kind of rings true with, with what we've been talking about over the last few months, right? They're, that is that those are the stronger grand alliances and they're, they're more heavily represented. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I agreed. I think there's still a lot of room uh, in the, um, again, shout out, who's going to be on the show. So i uh, got an exciting Age of Sigmar week. Obviously, we've got the show tonight where we'll be breaking down uh, Bellacor. So do join us in for that. So Broken Rolls Bellacor. Wednesday, I've got Sam Morgan on talking about a, a tournament he's going up to. And obviously, Sam, if you go check out his YouTube channel as well, um, uh, the AOS List Doctor, like great, great YouTube channel, loads of great content on there as well. He's going to be breaking it up. We've also got Stuart Iron Gutsman on on Thursday. We're just going to be picking his brain. And it's him who did a tweet yesterday who said he feels like there are just some super lists that operate in their kind of S tier. And then there are some that are kind of like, and, every, and the gulf between them and A is quite significant. I think looking at some of the stuff at the weekend, I would like to think that that feels fairly true. Um, I feel like that there's that, but there's still a lot of player agency. I am going to argue. I think there is like there is still a lot of choice making. You saw that in the Zinch Archeon mirror match, I would say, uh, in game five yesterday, and you also saw that in the phenomenal game between Stephen, um, uh, where he played with his uh, all of his thunder tusks into the 180 skinks. Like I think that there's like there's a, there's some player agency to look out there as well. So while there is some very strong lists you can pilot, I think <clears throat> you still have to develop your skill sets to play with those lists and play them consistently. So I think that's a good takeaway from the weekend as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think 
you know, people shouldn't get too bogged down with with feeling that this is amazing and I'm never going to beat it and blah, 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 blah. You know, player skill is always a massive thing. Um, so taking uh, uh, what would be seen as a mid-tier book and, and you know, going 3-2 is, 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 is huge for players. Um, I've learned that over time, you know, that, you know, not to be... Yeah, no, don't be too disheartened if you don't, you know, smash a load of games. Um, learning is the is the big one. I think learning about the game, learning what the opponent's armies do, and the only way you do that is by playing in tournaments. So, um, yeah, I don't really think that was a particularly salient point, but um, I said it anyway, Rob. I said it anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, time's getting on. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we'll be back next week with a bunch of stats, which is going to be really cool. Um, we'll have a breakdown. So uh, let us know. And then also we'll be back with the stats. That's right. That's a mental health joke uh, in there. So, uh, But if you are feeling low, also obviously always message people and tell people uh, that you're feeling low because you're brilliant listener and viewer or any of you. You're brilliant people and you, you deserve love. So remember that about yourselves. Owen, uh, you got any shout outs? Uh, I do. I know yeah, because we need to talk about the beer bash, right? Yeah, I just want to shout out. He's in the chat and uh, he was pestering me all week uh, to get it done. And I had a crazy busy week. But I just want to shout out to Luke Willoughby. I gave him a shout out at the end of the tournament. But he pestered me and we put together a thing. We made like a virtual pub in the, in the Discord. And on Saturday night, Luke's the landlord. And he did like drinking games and he got loads of the people together and we're always playing behind screens, but he set it up so we like a lot of people were using like their videos. You got to see the face of all these people that we've been, you know, we've we've got to got to know over the last um, year, and we drank some really horrendous beverages and answered Warhammer quizzes. And I just think everyone had a really good time, and I think that you know uh, this community has been amazing uh, all the way through lockdown. And um, yeah, that that was just a really nice little thing that because often you finish the tournament and then you just have this sudden low because um, everyone's, you know, you're intensely playing games for, for 10 to 12 hours and then you don't have that thing where everyone goes off to the curry house or the pub together and chats about their games. So it was amazing to have that. And um, yeah, there's lots of people in the in the chat. there saying how much they enjoyed it. And yeah, it was it was uh, it was a really it was really fun. And we're going to continue doing that. So. I wanted to make sure that Luke gets a shout and I'm going to shout out all the players because um, myself and I'm also going to shout out Dan Arnold, Age of Sedmar, Colonel Cabbage and Cole as my assistant TOs all weekend. We tried to implement some new stuff around round timings um, and game resolution um, and time management and stuff. And, and, and I think everyone uh, took that on board and, and we had a really solid weekend of Warhammer. So. Props to the players, props to my fellow TOs, props to the spare players who jumped in and helped. Just, um, you're all great, and we'll, we'll keep on doing it, right? And props to Owen for running events for the community for the past year, a true Warhammer hero. Um, I honestly don't know how uh, Games Workshop I haven't given him a trophy. Um, uh, and like, if they don't, we'll get him one. Like, easy, we'll crowdfund him a trophy. No problem, let's go. Uh, big OJ, big Owen Jackson in the house, everyone. Uh, do join me again tonight. Obviously, Nathan, Dan and James tonight to discuss Bellacor. Also, James' newfound love for corn. Uh, we'll get that out of the way. He absolutely adores them now, apparently. Can't get enough. Uh, we'll find out if Nathan, with the lockdown restrictions easing and sun coming out, has been hiding in more gardens. He may well have. We're not really sure. He also has played a, a second, maybe even a third game of TTS. So uh, excited to hear his thoughts. Uh, Owen, you've been a delight. Twitch chat, you're my shout out. Thanks to everyone on Patreon. I couldn't live without you. So 
thank you to you podcast bros and everyone else just look after yourself stay healthy stay hydrated we'll go raid someone let's go raid someone right now owen you get the pick do you want to raid someone warhammery or something weird uh i like to get weird in my own time so let's stick to something warhammery please rob (laughs) (laughs) okay all right do you want to do you want to go for like someone not many people watching something or uh or do you want to go for like a, a a big stream your choice uh let's go for you've always got to support the small guy so let's or the small girl so let's let's go and uh let's go and um raid somebody who's not got a huge amount of viewers and it'll be fun for them okay well there's someone painting left-handed don't forget our new raid thing where we always get in there and we ask them for tufts uh like hopefully we get the tuft money uh from these people we're not going to source paint it but i love source painting we're all in love with source painting he's the fuck boy of painting in agency <laughs> 40k and we love him like he's great so big love to him uh you guys are all great thanks very much um yeah love you loads see you soon